Bloody Elbow presents The MMA Depressed Us, the show that features our trio of analysts watching terrible fights from UFC history or terrible combat sports movies and giving live play-by-play commentary. Hey, Bloody Elbow Podcast, Substack subscribers will hear bonus content, if available, at the end of the broadcast. Subscribe at bloodyelbow.substack.com for our newsletter and at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com for our podcast network. Here are your hosts, Zane Simon, Connor Rebush, and Phil McKenzie. Hey everybody, welcome back to the MMA Depressed Us with me, Zane Simon, and my co-hosts, as always, Connor Rebush, Phil McKenzie, and Molly. That's right. (laughs) Who is currently stuck next to me because I'm getting some construction work done and I cannot lock her away in the bedroom like I normally would. She's snarling at the window. Uh, because of the new neighbors, uh, about which I will not describe any qualities except to say that Zane was heard to remark. Hey, hey, no, that, no, okay, you know the what? Neighborhood is you know, no, you know what? Okay, no, no. Zane no. was heard to remark. There <laughs> goes, there goes the neighborhood. Even just talking about them in the third yeah. person has filled Molly with rage. Well, dogs take after their owners. Yeah, how have you trained this dog to be so full of hate, Zane? Oh, Lord. <laughs> okay, 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 everybody. We are doing a extra special episode where I tried desperately to calm my dog, and we are going to watch the best, more of the best of the worst of Francis Ngannou. We've already done his two big, terrible fights that were in the UFC against... Uh, Derek Lewis and Cyril Ghosn, but we're digging back into his history for his sole loss of his MMA career uh, before the UFC. He's obviously lost a couple of fights in the UFC, but his only loss before the UFC to Zumana Cisse in 100% fight and his final kickboxing or his only kickboxing bout of his career in 2015 as far as we can tell as far as we can tell according to beyond kickboxing on twitter it was his only pro kickboxing bout we had a devil of a time just finding the name of this opponent yeah and it's against farid nair on on a in a promotion called vxs I'm not, not even sure if that's the promotion. I think that's just the people who collect the videos. I think no, it's... no, no. It's on the. You can see in the background when you actually watch the video on the banners. It says oh. VXS. Ah, okay. Because it yeah. also says Kasharia Boxing Club or Boxing Team. Yeah, but at the top of the banners, you can even see in the freeze frame if you look at the top of the banner up there, it says VXS on it. Okay. So, uh, we are watching, so we're going to watch those two Nganu fights. They're both pretty short. And then we are going to watch Vladimir Klitschko versus Tyson Fury, which is very long. <laughs> and very bad. Very bad. <laughs> so, all right, everyone. We're going to kick this off as always, or this time around. I was going to say as always, but this time around, we're watching everything on YouTube. And uh, we'll be starting the two Nganu videos, which will be linked in with the post if you want to watch along with us. The first one titled Retro 2013 Contenders 21, Francis Nganu versus Zumana Cisse. 
the second one titled Francis Ngannou, uh, one of those early belts by VXS Kashaya Boxing. And uh, those will both be starting at the beginning, zero, zero, uh, zeroed out. And then the Klitschko Fury fight, we're going to start 20 minutes in for the walkouts and the fight itself. I will just, I'll just let the viewers know now that if you have, for example, a copy of the HBO broadcast of this fight, it appears to be the full thing. So you, if you have that, you should be able to queue up with us at the start of round one for that. Yeah. And Connor, the other, ones, other ones, you're going to have to find these disreputable YouTube channels. Yeah. We'll link to them, uh, to all the videos we're using in our post. And uh, Connor will, as always, try to cue you in as to when the start of round one happens. How did that become my responsibility, by the way? Uh, you just started doing it, and mm-hmm. my else. natural my natural desire to be helpful, yeah, has cursed me to having two assholes just like yelling <laughs> over me while I'm trying to help our listeners and viewers. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Somehow you just you just naturally fell into that kind of servant role. Yeah. Yeah. I got a great idea, Zane. You want to calm your dog? You should move to Phil's neighborhood. Why would why would that work? Uh, there won't be a lot of. Uh... Okay, you know what? <laughs> no, we're not. We're, How to we're say not, this? We're not workshopping this joke anymore. How to say this on the show? Okay, we're not. We're not doing it. I'm not. How does doing Molly? It. How does Molly feel about Cornish? Because the servants might upset her if. Uh... <laughs> she does hate the Welsh. Oh well, there's none. Of, there's none of them. No, Cornish yeah. are only. They're only. <laughs> They're only the Welsh who could be tamed, the Cornish. Okay, okay. All right. Moving. We all, look, we all hate the Welsh. We can agree we on that. We all hate the Welsh. We can agree on that. Okay, great. All right. Damn Celts. We're going to go ahead then and start the first fight. Francis Ngannou, Zumana Cisse, Retro 2013, starting in three, two, one, go. Got this awesome graphic with like this, the fake steel, well, uh, riveted steel. Yeah. And right into a highlight of the action. Yep. Yeah, this Shows and the other video, by the way, despite all appearances, both official YouTube videos from these promotions. Yeah. And they are like the most rinky-dink, like somebody ripped this off of a stream quality and presentation ever. We, that's that's the state of regional MMA and kickboxing in not only France, but much of the world. It, what's intensely unclear, too, about this is that it everywhere has this bout recorded as two five-minute rounds. Yeah. All official videos of the bout are one round and not even five minutes long. Yeah. So, uh, we're probably just watching a highlight video. Yeah, but here we go. Round one. Round one has started without warning. Skimming through it, I was I was just like, where are the round breaks? I couldn't. I you know, admittedly, I didn't watch the whole thing. So they just had like a little jump cut in there. Yeah, it is. It is highlights and another. Yeah. So they just cut out all the extra bullshit. They cut out all the stuff. All the stuff that is worth watching for our purposes. Yeah. Give us the pure unfiltered 
just we could just get to watch the terrible technique. This is before Ngana developed his uh, NCAA Division One quality wrestling game. Clearly, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I remember watching. I probably watched this fight years and years ago. Watching Cisse on the regionals out of France, being like, you know what? Heavyweights are all awful. This guy might be okay if he ever got to a real gym someday. Yep. Sorry, what? Did the ref just stand him up out of just a... So this is proto-MMA rule, which means <laughs> that there is a 30-second limit on ground fighting. Oh and no God, punching. Really? No punching, 30-second limit to grappling. Good thing for Nganu, because... Yes, because he would have gone on mod like, twice. <laughs> he is getting ragdolled by Cissé. He definitely was. I say Cissé was actually, you know, for the regional heavyweight uh, quality of fighters, actually seemed like he was okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, there's those Nganu punches we know and love. Yeah, yeah. Cissé is also throwing exactly the same punches. Yeah. He's also hitting every single takedown he goes. Oh, okay. So it is. Okay, fair enough. It is two rounds. It is just highlights. Never mind. That's fine. We're we're getting a little highlight appetizer here before we get into the full fights. A little sousson. A sousson of Ndani. And based on the action we are being shown, this can't have been very good. (laughs) (laughs) This 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 is a worthy. I love it. And it was bad. It is amazing that this man is getting to box Tyson Fury. And that that is what this fight took him to that point. You know? Not yep. alone, but like this is on the this is on the beginning of the continuum that ends with Francis and Ganu fighting Tyson Fury. Zane, are you watching the video in a tiny thumbnail sized uh, screen? No. You should. It's, yep. it's destroying your vocal quality. God damn. We've told you this before. You have to watch the tiniest video possible. Mm-hmm. You're not here to enjoy the fights. We, you're not here to have a, a full audio-visual experience. <sighs> God damn it. That's good. I could hear. Yeah. Yeah. All of that. We could hear every last bit of pain in that sigh. <laughs> That's <Much> good. <laughs> I was just remarking that it is amazing that this fight got this is the beginning of the, the career that got Francis Ngannou to a fight with Tyson Fury. Yeah. Really remarkable. Uh, I don't know. Like uh, Francis seemed like he was coming on strong at the end there. He did. Surprisingly. Um, just big I think it, it looked like it was just started landing. It looked like it was one of those things where Francis was obviously tired, but the he effort, did not convinced he won that fight. And the effort of having to like out wrestle and tie up with Ngannou over and over clearly also exhausted Cisse. Yes, I mean, also in any non bullshit rule set, he would have submitted him. Yeah, <laughs> no question. No question. Or at least gotten on top of him and beaten his ass. From yeah. top position. Now he just gets to be actually on the verge of death. Yep. Here to be being interviewed by a man with the tiniest mic I've ever seen at the very end there. Uh, all right. 
they, the guy was holding like a laugh mic in his hand. <laughs> what's, what's going? <laughs> what is going on with these promotions? Uh, all right. Now we're gonna jump over to this VXS TV video. Francis Ngannou against Farid Nair. Mm-hmm. All right. Starting in three, two, one, go. So of course, the, the actual thing, I don't know if you guys have been following this, but the current uh, weirdness with this Nganu Fury fight is that it might still not actually be even official an official bout. It's an exhibition? Like they're refu- they're refusing to say, which means that it's almost entirely sure to be an exhibition. Where huh. is it uh, taking place? Saudi Arabia. Oh, and okay. Other fights in Saudi Arabia have been adjudicated by the Dubai Commission, but they're not doing this one. And the British Boxing Board of Control is says they are responsible for uh, officiating the bout. Wow. And the, the only statement they're willing here to goes, give is uh, here goes round one. By the way, it's about to begin. The only the only statement they're willing to give is that this will be a boxing bout overseen by the board. Starting. Of- shut up, Zane. Shut up. Shut up. It's not even oh. now. Okay. But the only statement they're willing to give is that this bout will be overseen by the British Boxing Board of Control. And they are refusing to tell BoxRec, the official ranking or you know record keeper in the UK and US for boxing, any details about the fight. Hmm. BoxRec has official status. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I wasn't aware. Hmm. Yeah, BoxRec is an official record contracted record keeper, hmm. and so. They're, the British Boxing Board of Control will not tell them any of the details about Ngannou <laughs> Fury. Was that not a knockdown that just yeah, happened? These all do appear to be. I mean, that one looked like he fell down while kicking to avoid getting hit, but. I mean, yeah. so what is the difference between an exhibition and an actual. Like... Well, they can do different round times if they wanted to for an exhibition and obviously they don't also they also there's no uh there's no um requirement or like expectation of competing in actuality because you know if it's like an officially licensed bout then the referee has a uh duty to stop the bout if like both fighters just clown around and don't do anything what is what is going on in this? That was the longest pause before a count. Yeah, I've ever seen. He gave the dude like a twenty-five second count. Yeah, I don't know. Usually, the somebody at cage side is keeping the count while the referee is sorting out the fighters, and then he picks it up. Yeah, this is this some this is some real rinky dink shit. I'll just say that right now. It is. Absolutely. And this man, he is kickboxing. I mean, Francis Ngannou can't really kickbox either, but this man he, he's, he is fighting really can't kickbox. Yeah. Nope. 
at all. Or, or if he can, not against someone who is visibly a full weight class bigger than him. He's clearly cowed by the experience of fighting this much bigger man. Mm-hmm. So did Ngannou win a belt for this? Apparently. Apparently, yes. Seems weird that it's not on any of his uh, recorded no, it, no, it stuff on... It's oh, kickboxing. Yeah, it's, a good, it's a good point. <laughs> it's kickboxing. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Farid flails a bunch of punches and pushes him into the fence and the crowd goes wild. It is... You know, what, I think this weird. this one also might be from looking at the comments. This one might be before the other one. Uh, this was supposed to be 2015. From yeah, yeah, that's that's the thing because uh, it's weird. Is that I thought someone in the thing said he wasn't with MMA Factory at this point, but he definitely was in the last fight. And yeah, I think he was he was like six fights into his MMA career when this happened. Yeah, his technique looks considerably more controlled. Sure. It would, it would be that, hard for it not to look more controlled than the other one. Yeah, is that just a factor of being in MMA that made him freak out and flail more? Because he knew he could get taken down and indeed was taken down several times? Probably. Now that he's just like easily intimidating a smaller man who can't take him down, he's yeah throwing tighter punches. I mean, yeah, it's just, I think it's just, it's just in general, the fact that he's... That cornerman was just touching Ngannou's pecs. Yeah, I was really mesmerized there. By the <laughs> he, he was, like, pretending he was doing something useful, but he was like, I gotta get a hand on this. <laughs> what does is, what is that, that kind of muscle feel like? I gotta know. <laughs> I'm with him. I would, I would touch Ngannou's pec. Gently caress. Yeah, I want to I wanna know. Here we go, round two. But yeah, so so the long story short, making it an exhibition just allows for any any amount of chicanery without <laughs> actually like. And it also allows for the idea that you know, if Tyson Fury somehow did get knocked out, it wouldn't go on his record. Yeah. Hey, uh, Nair is starting to get his licks in. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Well, I remember, yeah, I remember the uh, Floyd Tension exhibition that, whoever, who was the uh, people who used to like setting money on fire? Oh, this doesn't really narrow it down. Right. Um, yeah. Did they, they, they put that on, right? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and then Floyd was just like, oh, no, this is different from, from uh, the Connor thing. The difference is that this guy's tiny. Mm-hmm. Floyd just absolutely destroyed him. Thrashed him, yeah. Like... Because and, well, he, and, and as we've seen too, with like he, you know, he did like the Logan Paul exhibition and stuff like that. I, I, I think he probably really did get in there to just like play around and not really box. But mm-hmm. tension was like really into it and yeah. really wanted to box, and so it was just yeah. like, well, okay, I can just beat your ass. That's fine. T- tension only has one speed too. Yeah. Like the first yeah. time he laid a glove on Floyd, thrown with like this crazy explosive impact, Floyd was like, no. You have yeah. to die. You have to die for that. Yeah, it's just like it is. It was one of those great reminders, as mm-hmm. was as a lot of MMA fighters going into boxing are that like boxing really does it does adjust differently for for power and durability. Mm-hmm. Wow! Just look at the footwork on display here. <laughs> 
This is amazing. So efficient. I mean, he does look a lot better. He just yeah, jabbed yeah. him a bunch. He threw a left hook to the body without sure. compromising his stance. Uh, just ate a flush left hook that he didn't see coming at all. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, better. No, no question. It's the thing with Nganu is throughout his entire career, he has been capable of like surprisingly good offensive boxing and the worst flailing you've ever seen. And there's yeah. like, at no point does he improve on either of those qualities. At no point does he lose either of those qualities. It's true. Late into his UFC career, the man was still doing the stupidest, goofiest punches ever. Yep, the uh, Rosenstrike KO. Yeah, one of the ugliest knockouts of all time. Mm-hmm. It is really remarkable how MMA can seem to just create this... A, a whole career arc where somebody just never seems to improve at all. Yeah, the stasis. Yeah. And even, like, get win championships and not really even necessarily understand the rules. Like Daniel Cormier, I, I really don't think knows half of the rules for MMA. Yeah. What was his one this weekend? Oh, it hair was, pulling. Hair pulling was the first one. I was like, man, it's a good idea that everyone he ever fought was basically bald. Yeah. <laughs> he, he thought it was like, legal? Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. He just never fought anyone with hair, so he never learned. Yeah. It's like, so it, it, it's not, it's like, is there any rule against pulling hair out there? I mean, yes. you know, is it actually? <laughs> and then later on, he comes on, and he's like, so I, y'all can't take a joke. I was just. I knew like, that the whole time. Yeah. And then. The joke's, the joke's really on you guys for the ones that, that believed I was serious. And then not like. 15 minutes later, he sees a fighter get slammed out of a uh, arm bar attempt or a triangle attempt in the uh, Tim Elliott or no. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The uh, Muhammad Mokaev Tim Elliott fight, I think it was where Mokaev slammed Elliott. And he says. Now, if he had dropped him on his head or if there hadn't been an angle to that, that would have been spiking. It's like, you can't seriously tell me that just, you knew the hair-pulling rule and then turn around and not understand even a little bit yeah. what makes a slam a spike or not in MMA. Because it is not a spike as long as the other guy is holding on. Exactly. Like If, he, if he's, if he's yet holding on to a submission, it's his own damn fault if he gets dropped in his head. Exactly. He also, he also was like, you know, I used to walk right up to the line of, of fouling people. He'd be like, how did, how? How do you, how you, you don't know, know what they are? <laughs> <laughs> also, thinking about it, I've now I just went on a brief like rabbit hole of like who had the most hair of the people that Daniel Cormier fought, and I'm now find myself almost wanting to watch his fight against Roy Nelson. Yeah, there you go. Maybe yes. he's maybe you'll cut back to it and there'll be Daniel Cormier and like. Top control back mount pulling Nelson's hair and like just riding just giant, him like a horse. Just giant swinging him by his hair. <laughs> that <laughs> would be one sick. scene in Matilda. That would be sick. 
yeah, hammer throwing Roy Nelson. <laughs> Daniel the Trunchbull Cormier. <laughs> you know that that would be actually like a really good nickname for a yeah. badass female yeah, fighter. Yeah, for sure, the Trunchbull. Yeah. Uh, good movie, Matilda. Good kids movie. Mm-hmm. Roll doll, uh, you know. And of course, uh, directed by uh, Danny DeVito. Yeah, yeah. Who stars in it with his wife? At least at the time, is he still married? Married to um, what's her name? Rita Perlman. Uh, Rita Perlman. Know. They separated and then apparently got back together, but I don't know. I, I think they aren't. I, I don't think they've ever actually divorced, but I'm not sure. Hmm. I'm not sure if they're actually still together or not. But uh, you know, Rodal makes he, he made he knew how to make a really creepy story that was still for kids. Yep. Bless you, Philip. Thank you very much. Uh, so yeah, basically, kind of is just teeing off on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. This is just. Uh, I think we now cool. know why this person never had another fight because he was just like, man, this is awful. Yeah, like, he apparently had one MMA fight that seems to have gone about this well. Yeah. I mean, fair play to him. He is hanging tough, but yeah. so he is getting destroyed. For the interested listeners, I will tell you that Perlman and DeVito separated in 2012, reconciled, and then separated again in 2017 on amicable terms. They have no intention of divorcing. They consider themselves closer friends than before their separation, but they are not living together as a couple. Yeah, well. Sounds like they yeah. found a, a good solution for them and their kids. Yeah. Yeah. I also get the feeling Danny DeVito would be kind of exhausting. Yeah, probably. Like, really, seems like a nice guy. Uh-huh. Seems like a fun guy, but also, you know, from the sound of it, he basically just it, it, like all the stuff he does on that on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is just like him showing up and being like, "Here's a crazy idea I have." Yeah. And if he's willing to be, if, if that's like what he bring, the energy he brings to that show. Yeah. Imagine living with that all the time. Yeah, I think he does relish the disgusting nature of for sure. In a way that it isn't entirely healthy. You guys want me to crawl naked and covered in grease and sweat out of a couch? <laughs> that was exactly the moment I was thinking of, yes. You want my you want my ancient shriveled ball sack to appear for just a moment on camera? You, you got it, kids. <laughs> You know, the story is he agreed to do that show because his daughter had watched the first season and was like, this show's awesome. Nice. You should do it. That's great. That is quite sweet. Yeah. She also plays a wait. She plays a waitress in his first season on that show, to which he gives the creepiest eyes and weirdest facial expression you've ever seen. So (laughs) again, relishing the shock value. Okay, oh, it was one the shittiest belt I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. <laughs> oh my god. It's, it's that paper? <laughs> it looks like it's, it's the Burger King crown of belts. Good it Lord. really is. They couldn't even mold the uh, emblem to like match the curve of the belt. It's just like a no. flat piece of tin. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, the... You know, 
the linesman parking only for my motorcycle and my wife signs of belts. You know, yeah, the belt, that belt should have some truck nuts hanging off the bottom. That <laughs> <laughs> was the ranky dinkest fucking belt I've ever seen. That was better than the super clock belt. Yes, it was. <laughs> All right, we're getting now to our main event, the bulk of the show. Vladimir Klitschko, Tyson Fury. We're watching uh, the the video posted by the channel Ivalina Rykovska. Yeah, like I say, I'll link to all of these in the actual posts. Anybody who wants to watch along with us can find them. Um. But yeah, we're starting 20 minutes in, and that's still going to be a hell of a lot of this. Yep. Yep. So we're we've got a picture of uh, I've got a freeze frame of Vlad looking about to land up someone on some some poor slow. Yep. Who's probably a a very good boxer that I'm just no, probably not. Okay. It's heavyweight boxing, Zane. It's true. It's true. All right. Starting 20 minutes in, three. Two, one, go. I don't know who that was, actually. I couldn't see his face. Yeah. Just in time for the walkouts. I love that, like, <coughs> for some reason, boxing works on, like, uh, you know, superstar musician headliner time. It's like the band was supposed to come out an hour oh, and yeah. a half ago. Yeah, yeah. But they're just deciding to spend an extra hour in their dressing room because they feel like it. I mean, this is a thing some boxers do as gamesmanship. Yeah. They will like uh wait for their opponent to warm up and get ready to walk out and then just wait to do their warm up. So they so they cool down again while they're waiting. Yeah. Whoever the bigger star is gets to like bully his opponent. By being a diva. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I suppose if you're walking out first, you get to, uh, or well, I guess in either way. Manny Pacquiao throughout his career, especially later days, was always like taking extra long to get out of the locker room because <laughs> he had uh, calf cramp issues. So they were always like back there, like doing stretches and massaging his calves and stuff before the fight. It would take like an extra forty-five minutes. Okay, I I I I really now feel a uh, deep bond with Manny Pacquiao because I also have calf cramps. Mm. I my my workouts always start with like five to ten minutes of just calf stretching. Mm. I have strong calves, so not a problem for me. Mm. That where you that that's where you put it all. Well, it is from being fat, certainly. <laughs> Call that the fat man's blessing. Muscular legs. I pity a fat man with scrawny legs. I mean, that oh, is a yeah, fate no, worse than death. Uh-huh. <laughs> fat man with really skinny arms. You ever seen a fat man with really skinny arms? That's depressing. Yeah. All. Skinny limbs on a fat guy is just you're just yeah you're pulling up to break something. That's all it ever is. The first time you fall, you're gonna yeah. break it off. Yeah, there's no question. 
Also, I am enjoying the way that, like, whenever you watch one of these fights from, you know, a while ago, you can be like, oh, yeah, what does, you know, this is fresh-faced version of this fighter. Um, you know, in seeing him when he's so much younger, we, you know, commented on this many times when we were looking back at earlier, even, like, Joe Rogan, things like that. Tyson Fury, and for that matter, Francis Ngannou, looks exactly they the both, same. They both look exactly the same. Their faces have not changed at all. It's true. Fury's physique has changed about seven different times since then. Yes. I like the Paddy the Paddy Pimblet is continuing the uh, trends <laughs> set by uh, Tyson Fury and Ricky Hatton and so on. It's a strong Just, tradition in boxing. Yeah, right. specifically yeah. the from the you know the British Isles is that we just have. People who are just like, no, I'm going to get super fat and I'm going to bounce back and I'm going to get super fat again. Archie, Archie Moore's manager used to like cloister him in a hotel when he was in training camp and he would like sneak out the window to get like fried chicken and donuts. Boxers love getting fat. <laughs> it's up to their teams to stop them. It is. It is actually probably the most endearing thing about Patty Pimblet to date. It's just how blows up between fights. Yeah. Oh, the um, that video that the that someone's door cam recorded of him like apologizing profusely for how much his dog had shit on someone's <laughs> thing. That was very good. I was like, oh, that's. And not many people would do that. Not many professional fighters would just be like, look, I'm sorry, I can't clean it up. I'm so sorry, please. I would like to apologize for how much how much my dog has shit all over your... Uh... He couldn't clean it up. I don't think so. Why not? He must probably think... only brought one bag. <laughs> so he didn't bring the supplies... But rather than, I, I suppose it's better than fleeing the scene of the crime. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. Ring the doorbell and be like, "I'm so sorry, my dog has utterly destroyed your." This is England, so very tiny lawn. Yep. <laughs> my apologies. The turd is occupying your entire garden. But yes, he has a very amusing uh, conversation with the <laughs> with the woman who's answered the the doorbell. I thought that was quite charming. He's probably an okay guy, as annoying as he can be. Yeah. Vladimir Klitschko is the only person who is allowed to use this red hot song. Yeah, yeah. It's like, will there it's, be uh, ever? Will there ever be a fighter who's who's good enough to be? It can't stop, really isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Man, I used um, to be very into the Chili Peppers when I was in high school. I mean, Silly Peppers. Yeah, they were definitely like my favorite. I still think their music is good, but it does make me feel embarrassed to listen to it now. Yeah, I mean, they're just, they're like, the music itself is broadly inoffensive and like funky and fun. Just like never listen to the lyrics at all. No, like, yeah. Make sure even then. Just do not listen to them. <laughs> Be like, what is, I mean, what is Anthony Kiedis saying here? They're America's U2. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? That is it's true. like, okay, it's fine. The fact that it has become this like massive sensation just goes to show that doing the performing the blandest version of rock music can always find an audience. 
I don't think it's necessarily the blandest version, but yeah, I, mean, I think I don't think so the main either. thing because it's yeah, it's quite funky and fun. I think the main thing is that like the more you at some point when you've been listening to them for a bit, you'll be like you suddenly realize you're like, oh, Anthony Keeves is dead serious. Yeah, <laughs> he like he thinks that like this is super deep stuff that he's writing. That, that he's is not, he's, like the, the thing that came through. I have seen them in concert. They were. Um, Gnarls Barkley opened for them, a band I still enjoy. Oh, sorry, shut up, shut up. It's the national, it's the British national anthem. Shut up. There's, there's no sign for this. <laughs> Look at this guy. Song what the fuck? Professional <laughs> what the is fuck this? Is going on? These are your national traditions. <sighs> this guy's probably an MP. Sorry, this rules. If the <laughs> Bill just feeling patriotism coursing through his veins suddenly. Oh, here comes yeah. the royal dominatrix. All of, yeah, all of our like <laughs> stupid national sporting things should be just done in a. It should be done in a like like a pro wrestling by way of the Empire from Star Wars. <laughs> like it's very Andrew Lloyd Webber. This uh, yeah, that national too. anthem rendition. Phil just has to run. Phil just has the sudden urge to run out of his house and plant a flag in his neighbor's yard. Yep. The dark tenor. That's who that guy is. (laughs) The dark tenor. (laughs) He's doing both national anthems. Oh, it's also that explains it. It's he's some like you know Eastern European dude. Yeah, yeah, no yeah. way Britain would ever create a musician celebrity that cool. Yeah, in the UK, the only thing a, the dark the phrase the dark tenor refers to is the price you pay for two Wigan kebabs. <laughs> a Wigan kebab would never cost a fiver, would it? God, that's depressing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've paid the dark tenor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that's presumably you, it's the dark tenor because you're so drunk that you forget that like a wig and kebab is yeah yeah you know i i do have an, an english uh friend who said that uh he knew a uh like a kebab shop owner who would run that scam on drunk people would just give them fake prices mm-hmm. or would like overcharge them for the meal and then tell them that the drink was on the house kind of thing yeah yeah <laughs> it's a pretty good game <laughs> They have an equally strange man doing the. Uh, does Klitschko have here the Ukrainian national anthem or the Russian one? He has represented Ukrainian. Okay, he has represented both countries, I believe. Might be wrong about that. Anyway, oh, I was saying about the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah. So I saw them in concert when I was in high school. They were uh, opened by Gnarls Barkley, which I, a band I still enjoy. Good band. Mm-hmm. And you could tell the entire, you know, very good show. It was in a big stadium performance. Yes, we have those in Cincinnati. Uh, we have one anyway. And but the entire time, you could tell Anthony Kiedis just had a shitty attitude on stage. Like he he was just didn't wasn't enjoying being. He was taking himself very seriously, and he was just like somehow you could feel the diva vibes. I knew nothing about the man at this point other than enjoying the band's music. And I was like, is he having like a shitty day or something? And the encore, like he, he was by far the last man to return to the stage 
gave the distinct impression that they probably took so long to come out for the encore, which they did, because he didn't want to. Was, I mean, yeah. he was in Ohio. I think you have to forgive him for that. I don't think so. You know, he probably mm. was just like the miasma of Look, the state. Mike, Mike Frusciante, Flea, and Will Ferrell were all completely happy to be on that stage. <laughs> well, I can't... Uh, Knowing that he's a man who deeply loves MMA, I have to consider that there's something dramatically wrong with him. So. <laughs> yeah, yes. Uh, I hope boxing never stops putting random people's faces on a t-shirt. Hmm. Like the cheapest t-shirt that you've ever seen in your life. I don't know if that's yeah. a boxing thing so much as a Tyson Fury thing. I see it a lot in boxing, I feel like. Yeah? Yeah. It's like, I don't know, this is very much like a, in, in the U.S., like a inner city neighborhood thing. They're like rest in peace yeah. memorial t-shirt. Well, boxing is still a very, like... You know, maybe maybe there's some nothing down and out kind of sport. Yeah, maybe there's some uh, some some class uh, uniformity there for yep. the uh, Irish travelers in uh, the UK. That makes sense. There used to be a podcast called Inside BJJ. What did they call that? They had a term for like the uh, like funeral barbecue <laughs> that they would see. They they lived in Stockton. The funeral barbecue. Oh, yeah, just like the, yeah, yeah, yeah. People killed in like gun like violence wake, and yeah. police shootings and gang violence. Like the frequency of like funerals for violent deaths you would see, mm-hmm. and, and and like yeah, people with like t-shirts and of people's faces and stuff like that. Klitschko really did take the whole, like, you know, Soviet bad guy image to an extreme here, didn't he? Like, all the bright red and the cropped haircut, all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then Sonny the, looks the, the pot. The huge brother that looks just like him. So that, I mean, they're twins, obviously, but... Or are they twins, actually? I don't know that they are. Yeah, I think they're just. I think they're just brothers. I think Vitali is. Yeah. Older. Yeah. I think no, so. They're yeah. not twins. I was gonna say they're twins, but I just was like, wait, no, they're not twins. Round it's- one here, folks. Round one. Zane's trying to talk over it as he fucking always is. Look, look. If I don't give, if I don't talk over you, I don't give you something to to be mad about. Round one is starting any moment now. You wouldn't know it by the way the host of the show is acting, but round one begins now. But yes, there's something very lab-grown about about Kitchko. You know? <clears throat> I wonder what their chest strength is. Everyone's <laughs> always lauding the uh, Klitschko brothers because, like, they're both professional boxers, boxing champions. 
both PhDs, but their PhDs are in like sports science or some fake shit like that. I'm curious to know if it's really just the boxing and their other stuff is mostly fake. What's their what's their feed a rating? I got to know. <laughs> I'm going to try and count the number of punches which have la- which land per round. Okay. So far, the number is zero. <laughs> uh, there was a jab which go in there that I don't think that really landed. Jury's nose. It didn't really land. It just kind of pawed at him. Because I genuinely remember this being like, look at being at the end of rounds and just being like, Tyson Fury has landed one clean punch. Speaking of bad guys. And uh, Klitschko has landed zero. I guess Klitschko's landed a couple of jabs so far. Mm-hmm. Well, There's another one. Sort of ish. It's round one, folks. I mean, come on. Tyson Fury. Yes, but, you're not, but it's not going to get any better. It's, <laughs> this is as. This is as exciting as this fight is going to get. There is a near knockdown at some point, isn't there? Mm, I guess, yeah. Something like that. I recall a right uppercut, I believe, from Tyson Fury. Might be wrong about that. Oh. I think, yeah, I think Klitschko gets buzzed at some point. Yeah, first pair of rabbit punches of the fight. Yeah. I really hate this about... uh, Modern boxing, I really hate the completely like inert clinches where you're only doing it waiting for the referee. Yeah, I feel like you should keep fighting and and not, uh, for example, show the back of your head to your opponent on the assumption that they're not allowed to hit you there. Yeah, that sucks. It does. It would be very good to see boxing solve that problem, but Hello Hector, have you come to watch this dreadful film this dreadful boxing match with me? <laughs> the cat comes into the room. Something smells rotten. <laughs> yep. Phil's about oh, to look, get us. Look, I don't, Fury just landed a jab. I think he's winning this round. Phil's oh. about to get us on a pedo watch list. For animal cruelty. <laughs> As I was saying to as I was saying to uh, Connor, him and uh, Kyle were so pleased with themselves for calling this one correctly. That's right. That they they were just like not talking about anything about the fact that like this fight sucked ass. I and I said to you the other day, I don't think this fight was that bad at the time. I think a large portion of the extremely negative sentiment was because people were disappointed in Klitschko and had picked him and and expected him to win, if not bet on him. Sure. I think live, the fact that somebody was in there beating the like 10 year reigning heavyweight champion was interesting. It's a lot of fights are like this where the stakes make it interesting. Yeah. The action is not. I mean, that's what I always tell people because I know a lot of people who are just not very into sports a lot of my friends are not sports people at all. Mm-hmm. And I'm always just like, okay, look, the real honest to God truth is that sports are like 90% boring as hell. Mm-hmm. And the the way you find all of the interest, the interest is learning all of the nuance. So that yeah. you're interested in the parts that are boring because there's some sort of 
little detail yeah. work going on. Or if you're the average person, you have you you put a stake in something. Yeah, you this bet guy's on from it. my hometown. This is my city's team. Yeah. This guy's from my country. Whatever. Uh, or yeah, you bet on it. P- people who have stakes, then they they will like uh, you know uh, many many fans will like absolutely anything their favorite fighter does. True. With their favorite soccer team or what have you. <sighs> Fury right really hand. is the definition of bandy legged. He's a weird looking dude. He is a very weird looking dude. Really, like for his height, really small torso. It doesn't help mm-hmm. that he, you always see him in boxing trunks that are like halfway to his nipples. Yes, it does <laughs> help to accentuate all the freakiness of his frame. Yeah. He does have really long limbs, arms and legs. I mean, his arm, his arms practically hang down to his knees. Yeah, he is the he is one of the maybe the biggest archetype I can think of in uh in like combat sports of someone who looks like the shittest athlete imaginable. <laughs> Yeah. And who is just isn't just isn't yeah, at no. all is a very good athlete. Like there are others like, like you know I can think of like Kane, it's like Kane Velasquez, like to some extent Khabib. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like yeah, for, I think Tyson Fury is, is like the biggest because I mean he looks he looks basically like he is in the same approximate clade as like Tim Sylvia. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just a completely different. Type yeah. of, uh, like type of human being. Yeah, he looks it, it, like it he would be. It would make sense if he and Tim Sylvia were twins and Tyson Fury was the one that got all the good genes. Mm. Yeah, just like the DeVito Schwarzenegger film. Yeah. Except they they look <laughs> almost identical. They look like really similar and just one of them happens to be coordinated and fast and strong. Can, can we squeeze in one more Danny DeVito reference this episode? I was thinking, that's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I want to know. Danny DeVito, the same height as Vladimir Klitschko's former girlfriend, Hayden Pianettiere. <laughs> Total power punches landed. Fury five. I don't believe you. That's not real. Hey, he's Fury, Fury's Fury's picked it up this round. He's landed some good shots. He's landed one. There's he's landed a couple. Two. A two. Just kind of caught Klitschko off balance. Oh, man. I think part of the big frustration here is, too, just how damn jittery Fury is in there. Where, like, it's functional. It's functional jitteriness. He's using it as a lot of, like, body feints to get into range and get get, uh, Klitschko throwing his own stuff. But it constantly makes you feel like they're pretending to box and then not. (laughs) You know? Like, oh yeah, I'm right. I'm gonna, gonna get the uh, oh, oh yeah, eh, uh, 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 uh. Like, it, just throw the punch, goddamn it. Yeah, it's definitely a combination of a few things, you know. Klitschko is clearly getting to the can't pull the trigger stage of his career. Yeah. Um and he's just massively uncomfortable fighting someone who's both bigger and faster than him. 
And he's yeah. always been very much like I only take the opportunities given to me kind of fighter. Oh yeah, he he had a career long tendency to be very gun shy, but this mm-hmm. was a clear case of him never having faced somebody his size or bigger. Yeah, because yeah. Klitschko himself is a very tall, long fighter. Just throw, just ball, anything, you know. <laughs> Man, this, what I, you know, what this is really telling me. This Francis Ngannou fight is gonna be fucking brutal. Yeah, yeah, of course. Like, why it would Fury? Like, because again, once again, I'm seeing like people on the internet being like, you know, is Fury gonna carry? Uh, Ngannou, like uh, Connor did to, uh, like Floyd did to Connor. Mm-hmm. Floyd did not carry Connor. He reduced all risk in the fight by yeah. not doing anything for the early rounds. He was like, the only way I could possibly lose this is if I get knocked out early. Well, that's what so Fury's I'm going to do. give. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm going to do absolutely nothing on the off chance that. I th- I think it's very likely he finishes Ngannou, but only after he uh, wears him out thoroughly. Oh, yeah. But yeah. He's gonna burn a ton of time and or poke him just, to the body and faint him and let make him throw and tie that him up. It's, it's just gonna ha- happen really incidentally. Sure. Like he just lands a little left hook or something, and and Yanu, the fact that he is not a boxer in any way, shape, or form, just doesn't see it at all and gets melted. Yep. Uh, I yeah. I mean, uh, one of the other things is obviously that. Uh, everyone can feel a lot more confident, I think, in the weird circus fight crossover freak show world now. Mm-hmm. Because everyone can be like, no matter how bad I look, I ain't, it's not going to be as bad as Dylan Dennis. Yeah, no kidding. He has opened up that world for everyone. Like He, he has set a new low bar. Truly. I think like the Tyron Woodley like probably yep. walked out of the house with a new spring in his step. Ben asked, yeah, just went out was like, you know what? I, 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 I tried, I tried to compete. Not very hard. I, Not I, came, very out hard. Pretty, I came out pretty fat, but at least yeah. I didn't try and just like shoot takedowns and foul my way out the fight. I, I did yeah. attempts to land punches. Yeah. Can I say that uh, what we've seen in this round is that Fury has unlocked the key to making this fight shitty whenever he wants to, and it appears mm-hmm. to be going southpaw. Yeah. yeah. He went back to Orthodox for the last 40 seconds, and still not much happened, but there were a lot more attempted engagements that were at least somewhat interesting. Punches for a landed good minute versus two. Yeah. For a good minute and a half, uh. he was in southpaw, and... His shots were ineffective, and Klitschko completely stopped doing anything. Yeah. So let's keep our eyes on the stance switch to uh, to know when we're in for a shitty minute or two. It's a, you know, I I jumped over to MMA fandom in my twenties for God knows what reason. Um. Mostly because it, it was cheaper at the time, because UFC was getting on TV and boxing was getting off TV. And 
it really it, it really somehow still feels sucky to me that the version of boxing that we have that has become popular now is just really bad boxing. Well, like, depends who you're talking about. Canelo Alvarez is the biggest star in the world. He's got a lot of good fights. No, he, I mean there 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 are still big good big boxing stars out there, but like the the version that is creating more mainstream. Oh, I see what you mean. The the YouTuber fights and shit. Yeah, is like absolute dog shit. Yeah, and, and so like this Fury and Ganu fight is just it, it, yeah it's the mold of the modern fandom of boxing yeah really well in that it will be absolute dog shit and it will set up something else in the future that will also be absolute dog shit i don't know if it's a if it's a testament to the influence of conor mcgregor or just his um him being like a harbinger of like a shift in the culture it was that it's that yeah he was just the first guy to realize that like you know, like big film franchises or whatever, like something just doesn't have to be good if it has the right, like IP, basically it has <laughs> two massive stars of one kind or another. And people will just watch it. Even though like anybody who knows anything knows these fights are not good. They're not really worth watching. They suck. Even people who like combat sports, watch them. Yeah. We know what happened in the Dylan Dennis, Logan Paul fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, and the thing is, the thing of it is, though, I think is because boxing is so limited in what you can do, there feels like there's always the chance that they just start punching each other, you know, because that's all you can do. It feels like they might, they might actually be able to punch each other this time. So there's always this buildup of like, oh, these two people can't box. Mm. But what if they just punch each other? And what happens instead is they just hug each other. Yeah, they swing then miss because both guys stand eight feet apart and then they get really tired and then they hold on to each other. <laughs> yeah, that's what always happens. But there's always this idea that like, oh, what what they should be doing is punching each other. Because if, if they were two people who can't fight doing MMA, then it's like, oh, well, they're supposed to hold on to each other. Yeah. So, so they just end up holding each other and that's what's supposed to happen. But with boxing, there's always this anticipation of like, oh, you know, Tommy Fury and KSI are going to get in there. They're going to really try to hurt each other. And then, no, that just, I'd rather see the MMA. At least it would be like as ugly as it deserves to be. Yeah. You know, these fights and you would get, it'd be like, yeah. And you'd get like movie type shit where like people would repeatedly get mounted on each other, but be incapable of maintaining it, like rolling Mm -hmm. around on the ground, like, I'd rather see problem, that. The only problem with MMA is it it's it's too hard to train. It it's just too taxing. So yeah, your celebrity YouTubers they know if they do that they're gonna blow their knees out. They're gonna hurt their back and their shoulder. They're gonna get injuries that require months of rehab. Yeah, or boxing they can just go out and do road work and then you know bar for a couple of weeks and then. Be like, ah, I'm ready enough. How long was this after Manny Stewart's death? Oh. 2012. Who was it that said, who, who was it that was like, MMA is a stupid sport? 
many people have said e- that. Every uh, all of us at some point. Yeah, but it was yeah. like it, it, it was a kickboxer or something. I can't remember who it was, but they were like talking about the difference between doing boxing and or like MMA. Oh no, it was Adesanya. Adesanya said that. Did he? Yeah. That might have been it. Does I'm I guarantee somebody tried to dredge that up from the past, and they were like, "Look at him! He doesn't respect MMA." That was like their new reason for hating Adesanya. The stupidest reason of all. Nobody, <laughs> nobody is going to support them in that. All all real good MMA fans, not that there are any, but all real MMA fans know that it's the dumbest sport ever. Yeah. Yeah, it's like being a fan of pro wrestling and not being able to recognize that it's stupid. Or yeah. like being, being a fan of death metal and not being able to recognize that it's stupid. Like, it's part of the charm. I can't believe this fight's only been going for four rounds. It feels like it's been going on for eight. <laughs> it is pretty bad, okay? I'll give you that. It, 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 it is really, like, it is just background noise at this point because it's... I like how they just trade um, one rabbit punch a piece each time they tie up. Somebody hits somebody in the back of the head, and the other guy's like, "Fuck you!" And then that's the, Ooh, there was <laughs> yeah, a nice that's... right hand by Klitschko. Yep. Yeah. Bloody Elbow podcasts are proud to be sponsored by Revgear. They've been a pioneer in the industry and have grown into a formidable brand and true leader in the MMA gear market. Bloody Elbow listeners get twenty percent off. Go to revgear.com slash bloodyelbow email sign up. Your free content ends here. To access the bonus content of the show, you must be a paid subscriber. To do that, go to bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com and subscribe today. Thank you for tuning in to this Bloody Elbow Podcast production. Subscribe at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com. Give us your email and receive notifications when your favorite shows drop straight into your inbox. We're also found on a wide variety of podcast outlets. Just search for Bloody Elbow Podcast and you will get new shows throughout the week, including the MMA Bunker and MMA Tete-a-Tete shows with Kid Nate, the Level Change Podcast, the Hey Not the Face Podcast, the MMA Vivisection main card and prelims UFC preview shows, the sixth round post-fight show, the Show Money podcast, and the MMA Depressed Us.